This is Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. Shine On is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey. There is an African proverb that says, no man can outwit the ancestors. Today, think about this. Think about all the people in your life and all the people who have gone beyond. Now, think about all of them working together with you at this moment. Perhaps you've carried into your life today an issue to be healed from your ancestors. That sure may explain a few things. Thank you for shining on today. I'm grateful you found Shine On, the health and happiness show, be it on SoundCloud or iTunes or Real Country or WHUD. You can always catch a podcast at casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Today we're going to hear about epigenetics, carrying traits in our genes, and ancestral empathy, tuning into the stories our relatives may still be telling through us. Do you call on your ancestors for help? Do you ask them what they need? Positive thinking is great, but when it doesn't get you where you want to go, ask the ancestors. Did your relatives ever tell you about a holy vision or a near-death experience? These stories of deep connection are part of all our histories. Laura Aversano is a medical intuitive who works with ancestral empathy to help get you unstuck. Prayer, patience, and the energy of food all play a part. Laura is a serious lady who needs to be reminded to have fun, and she is going to join me at Wonder Woman Weekend, August 18th at Graymore in Garrison, New York. Join us, and we'll all have some fun. Let's hear what Laura does and how she does it. So a medical intuitive, from my definition, my work, is somebody who can palpate various frequencies from a person on the physical level, the emotional level, the spiritual or mental level, and through various means like clairaudience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, and being empathic, form a diagnosis, and I use that word lightly, on various levels. How did I start? I grew up in a family that had psychic abilities. I'd say my mom various members in my family, grandparents, great-grandparents. And from the time I was little, I used to speak with my mom about previous incarnations, about how I died in other lifetimes, about various illnesses. And I used to be very open in picking up various ailments from other people, as well as ailments from the spirit world. And I remember it becoming clear for me when one day a child was running past me, I must have been 19 or 20, and I started to put my head down on the table, and I started not to to feel well in this child's presence, and certain things started to manifest in my body within a matter of minutes, and I remember sharing with the the parents, I said, does your son have this and this and that? And they said, yes, how did you know? I said, because his symptoms and his diagnosis just went right through my body. Oh, my God, that's crazy. It was. <laughs> it still is. It still is, right? Yes. And yes. you were able to say this to the person's yeah. parents, and they weren't freaked out by it? No, they were not. 
you know, it's so strange. I remember growing up as a kid, my mom, who who is a nurse, and her mom before her was a nurse. But oh, my wow. mom, yeah, I know. And I and I see blood, and I literally faint. It's like crazy. <laughs> uh, but they both had this knack of being able to look at a person or see a person in the mall, shake their hand, touch their skin, and then say, oh, you know, I, I think there's something not right there. They had mm-hmm. this knack, but they never took it any further. So, but And they always came from the medical side, like their eyes were glazy or their skin felt clammy or they didn't have color in their skin. And I always thought, how does my mom get so much information just from <laughs> waving hello across the mall? So you have that but, you know, beyond. Yes, I'd, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think I'm able to help people. Now, when you have something like that, were you able to help that child, that young man? Um, from what I remember, yes. I offered some suggestions. Again, I think I was 19 or 20, so I hadn't started my formal studies yet in terms of energy medicine or holistic nutrition or counseling. So as much as I was able to, I did. Right. And now you also work in the field of ancestral empathy. And until I met you, I had never heard those two words before. So explain that to me. Absolutely. Scientists have been studying this for years. I'm not a scientist, so I will not be able to define it in, in their terminology. How I like to look at epigenetics, our cells hold information from our parents our grandparents, our great-grandparents, and generations from hundreds, even thousands of years ago. Our illnesses, our emotions, our traumas, they're all encoded in our DNA. Scientists who study epigenetics have been able to see these patterns most recently, and people like myself are able to see these patterns using talents like mine. So if somebody is sick, and they come to me with something that they're not able to diagnose or something they are, they are able to diagnose, I don't just look at what's going on with them today. I don't just look at what they might have received from their parents. I look at what they might have received from their grandparents, their great-grandparents, and so on. There are spirits that are around us and that influence us, not just our family members or our ancestors, those that are along the same thread as we are. If we have, let's say, fibromyalgia, I will see patterning around that person belonging to their family or other spirits that have a similar thread carrying this fibromyalgia energy into the person that I'm seeing. And so if you have something that you're working with, there's an influence from the other side. Am I making sense? Yes. So what we're going through in life, there's people on the other side that we're sharing it with? Absolutely. I'm going to say sharing also influencing. Okay, so if I get better, they get better? Absolutely. If they get better, I get better? Absolutely. And again, how I define better might be different from how somebody else defines better. So they might get better emotionally, and that might impact you spiritually, mentally, or physically. I have no attachment to the outcome, and nor should people that I see. Right. Okay. So we're talking to Laura Aversano. We're talking about medical intuition and ancestral empathy. When you were speaking, and I was trying so so hard to understand what this actually is, I thought of the Native Americans. You know, 
I, I think you're Italian-American, too, like I am. Mm-hmm. So we remember grandma and great-grandma and how they made the meatballs and how they, you know, <laughs> didn't like whatever. Yes. But we don't, I don't, our family didn't talk about anything further than their likes and dislikes and memories. But Native Americans, when you were speaking, I thought of how the Native Americans refer to their ancestors for seven generations. Mm-hmm. They keep all that with them. We, today, maybe can keep two or three generations in our psyche or in our memory but the Native Americans would go back ages and they would call on their ancestors so is that something we should all do call on our ancestors absolutely Uh, I've done it for years in many traditions not just Native American tradition they call on their ancestors for healing via prayer and other means and not only do you call them for help but you also ask them what is it that they need from you Okay, well, I can say to my ancestors, what do you need from me? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Mostly I just say to my Aunt Rose, how did I get your big, thick thighs? <laughs> I, you know, why couldn't I be petite like Aunt Loretta? Instead, I got Aunt Rose's great big thighs. Love you, Aunt Rose. But um, I can say to my ancestors, what do you need from me? And what could they need from me? Uh, they need our prayers. They need our support. They need our love. They might need our forgiveness. All right. I've seen that many a time. I think it was a few years ago, working with a family who had just lost their their child to suicide. And many traditions believe that when there's a suicide in the family, the soul doesn't go to a very happy place. I am so honored to to be shown a different perspective. And... In speaking with this young boy, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, that opportunity, uh, he was in a place where he was held and comforted for his confusion. And I went back further to look at his ancestral history, to look at grandparents, great-grandparents, to understand the line of depression that runs in the family and why perhaps this child felt that he needed to cross over to the other side. In a way, it's comforting to think that we are still all together. Yes. We are still all working together on this side and on that side. Absolutely. Wow. Ancestral empathy. Laura Aversano is our guest. This is a whole new topic to me for me, and I'm really enjoying the education. So when people come to you, what do they say? What do they do? They come to me either if they have a diagnosis and they're stuck, they don't know how to approach their healing from a different perspective. They might come if they don't have a diagnosis, or they might come if they're emotionally stuck or if there's something going on in their spiritual life that they need work with. I look at their life from many different perspectives. What's going on in their bodies? How are they working in their lives emotionally, how is their spiritual work, and I do like to include their family members. I usually ask, tell me about your mom, tell me about your dad, tell me about your relationship with them. Let me see if I can see what's going on with mom or dad. I'll start with the immediate family members. Let me see what's going on with your children. Let me see if from spirit I can perceive the patterns that you're not able to share with me. And let's see how we can work with that to bring balance. So we are all working together Yes. for our spiritual development. Yes. I know you probably have many, but give me, um, if you can, a, a, an example of a case study and, and the kind of work that you did. Years ago, probably about 15 years ago, 
uh, a client had called me, and this was a sad story. Her 31-year-old husband was dying of cancer. And I remember going over to the house. They had just had a baby about a month prior. I sat with this man. He was actually unconscious. And through telepathic means, I was able to speak with him. I still remember this. I was able to speak with him, and I had the the wife and the mother looking at me like I was crazy because he was asleep. And I looked up at her, and I said, this is what I'm going to share with you. You had a conversation last night. This is what your husband's telling me. And I shared with her what the conversation was about. I also shared with her that there were various people in the room, family members, that the wife had never met before because they had died probably 50, 60 years ago, but the mother was able to recognize them. Right. And so I was sharing the husband's fears, again, through telepathic means, and I was relating them to some of those family members that had died prior, sharing some of their stories as well as his, and that made the husband feel better on some level. The wife was still looking at me questioning this. I had remembered before I left saying that in two days he would cross. Well, at his funeral, the wife came up to me and said, I need to tell you something. My husband became conscious that night and said to me, did you hear everything I told Laura to tell you? And the mother had confirmed all those people that he was sharing with me that were in the room as well as those spirits that I saw and some of those patterns. So is his passing, was his passing part of an ancestral pattern? It was. I know that's hard to believe. Somebody might say, well, he died of cancer. How is that? His passing was indeed part of an ancestral pattern. And for his specific, for that specific familial experience, I do not think the cancer would repeat itself. I'm going out on a limb and saying that. I think in that particular experience, the lesson was learned. All right. So there was a lesson learned by the man, but also by the people who Who were surrounding him, ready to bring him to the light. On both sides. Absolutely. Okay. Ancestral empathy. It is something to think about. And Laura Aversano is the person to talk to about it, a medical intuitive. You know, it's so strange. Um... In my household, our our medical situations were almost revered if they came from an ancestor. Like, I have the thing called the Bertolini sneeze. When I sneeze, oh my gosh, you, I could blow out windows. And they would say, oh, you got the Bertolini sneeze, you got the allergies like your grandfather. So, like, no one ever treated my allergies because, you know, I got it from my grandfather. So, you know, you keep what you get from your grandfather. Things like that, allergies or, or situations that, that families have, it's not just genes. It's not just genes. I, I do think genes play a part. Again, genes I look at also as part of the ancestral piece. There is the environment, there's the nutrition, there are thoughts, there are emotions. I do not believe we 100% create our own illness by any means. I think that's a new age theory. I believe we have the responsibility to relate to whatever illness comes our way in a way that can serve ourselves as well as others. And I do believe we have an issue in this world about how we define an illness. People, there's so much shame surrounding people when they become sick. It's true. It amazes me. There doesn't seem to be any honor. It's almost like people personalize their illnesses to such an extent that it makes them even more sick. Give me an example of someone personalizing their illness. Cancers, depression, 
fibromyalgia, even even allergies. Even when you ask, have you ever noticed when you ask somebody or just make a comment that somebody's tired? There are many people that get offended at that. They think there's something wrong that they should be so tired. And so people are more reluctant, at least when they come to me, to share their diagnosis with a friend or a loved one. They might share it with somebody close. But this aspect of shame comes into their experience about why are they not getting better. Yeah, okay. And people, I think, too, lie to themselves about their own health. Absolutely. Or, or why did this happen to them? Why are they not getting better? Especially in this world of alternative healing and or alternative medicine about, again, there's this philosophy that you create your own illness. And I can't attest to that. I think there's too much that is not in our control that happens. Well, I would like to dispel that new age myth. I think illness is manifested for many various reasons. And if people learn to honor that their bodies have something to offer them, I think we can change the way illnesses progress, or at least the way we view them. There's a lot of levels I want to cover right now. We're talking to Laura Aversano, who's a medical intuitive and an ancestral empath. Uh, One piece of it is, when I say people lie to themselves about their illnesses, because I know a lot of people who take like medicine for acid reflux, and then make believe they don't have acid reflux, because they're taking the medicine. And then there's other people who you say, how you feeling? Oh, I've had this headache for two weeks, and they sort of glamorize their illness. And then again, people who are are following the holistic route, if the headache doesn't go away, to use your example, then they're doing something wrong. Or there's something, there's an emotion that's attached to it that they're not looking at. And that in and of itself may be true, but that may not be true. Right. And so we start to tend to judge people for their ailments. Right. Like, why is she tired all the time? She's 37. She shouldn't be tired. Yeah. Yeah. Or why does he have this or that? You know, if they didn't have such negative thoughts, maybe they wouldn't be so sick. Absolutely. So what you're saying is, I think, when you have an illness, it's like a conversation that that you can start not only with your own self, but with your ancestors. Absolutely. Wow. Doesn't that just change everything? Yes. Even when you said it, it felt beautiful to me. Oh, good. Good, because you're in the feeling business. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think what you do can give people a lot of relief when you say, okay, so, you know, I had that... I don't know, whatever, fibromyalgia, Mm -hmm. but maybe it was part of an ancestral pattern. So how, let's use fibromyalgia. Sure. How would you work with a patient who has that? I actually love fibromyalgia. Um, It's fascinating to me because I see so many various root origins when people come to me with that quote-unquote diagnosis. So I would first probably palpate the person's tissues over the phone. And I'd like to see what minerals possibly might be lost, what viruses might have contributed, possibly what environmental toxins. And then I look at a person's childhood. I might look at their, their thoughts. Then I will look at any traumas they experienced. And then I will go into their ancestral history and see what contributed in that aspect. And then I will suggest or provide recommendations to cover as many various pinpoints as we can. Right. And I've heard that your number one prescription for most of your clients is prayer. Yes. My mother, when she was a child, used to have visitations from the Holy Mother standing at the foot of her bed. That's not uncommon. There are others that have. And she actually died or went into 
kind of a death trance when she was in Sicily. And people were actually coming to witness her burial, and she woke up. Wow. So she's been praying since she was a child. So ancestors were coming to witness her burial? or uh, Real people from the village. Because they thought she was dead? They thought she was dead. And she woke up? She woke up. You know, I think if you scratch the surface with anybody you meet, they can tell you, like, this kind of a story. Absolutely. My mother had a near-death experience when she was a child, and she saw angels and heard singing. Absolutely, and people are afraid to share things like this. Yes, my hairdresser had a visitation from the Blessed Virgin. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yes, so, I know, and then people say, why don't people talk about this? Well, you have to listen to Shine on the Health and Happiness Show. So, prayer is one of your um, big uh, things, and also talk about what you call um, holding space for people. Sure. Prayer and nutrition. I do want to add okay. nutrition, nutrition is very for important sure. for me, and that's a big part of my recommendation for healing. Any, like, particular, are you vegan? Are you? No, it's actually what works for your body. Food has an energy. Food has an energy. It actually has an emotion. It has a life force. So you can relate to food. Eating food becomes a prayer for me. Any illness will require various food sources depending on how your pulses are. So if you're suffering from, let's say, an inflammatory illness, you might want cooling foods. If you're suffering from, uh, let's say, a a virus, you might want foods that have antiviral properties. And prayer and holding space, because I know you told me once when you hold space for people... Yes. They can't, something happens. Miracles. I sit there in the most compassionate space that I'm able to at this level in my life. Invoking prayer, invoking God. And I'm blessed that people from various traditions seek me out. They teach me. And I do my best to just hold space for their reality, not my reality. Not how I see their story, but how they see their story. Not how I might judge their story, but how they judge their story. It's their relationship with God, their relationship with themselves. The moment I make it about me, I lose that ability to hold space. Talk to the people who have maybe a family member that's in a struggle. What's the best way we can pray for them? I usually would ask God to give them strength. Give them strength and help all parties to see as clearly as they can whatever will serve their highest good. Because power struggles take a while to end, even from the other side. What do you mean? In terms of people working out issues, even emotionally, it can take time because ancestors will still hold, they can still hold grudges. Again, they'll need our help. So sometimes even the emotional issues will take some time to work out. People need to be patient. Nobody's patient today when it comes to an emotional issue or a physical issue. So patience and prayer. Yes. That's Laura Aversano, the author of the book Spirit Walker. Let me know if you'd like a copy. Contact me via the website casey.co. We're back with the thought of the day in 60 seconds. When Stacy Mason Sotilli, a 37-year-old mother of two, was 11 months old, she was diagnosed with sickle cell anemia. For Stacy, the disease has caused gallbladder disease, pulmonary hypertension, and temporary blindness. I've been in and out of the hospital, usually hospitalized three to four times a year. Each time I go into the hospital, I'm in a painful crisis. I have pain all over my body. And one of the things that help with that pain is the blood transfusions. 
I need the blood provided from the New York Blood Center. And without it, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be able to share my life with my children. Stacy owes her life to the generosity of those who donate blood. Please think about Stacy and all the others you can help by donating blood. Give blood. People can't live without it. A message from New York Blood Center helping to save lives in the greater New York area, including New York City, the Hudson Valley, Long Island, and New Jersey. Visit nyBloodcenter.org or call us at 1-800-933-BLOOD. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in to Shine On. Check out the Shine On line of self-care products at Casey.co. And maybe I'll see you at Wonder Woman Weekend at Graymore in Garrison, New York in August. Casey.co has more. Our thought for the day is the Native American Wolf Clan song. There is the world of the flesh and the world of the spirit. When the flesh is gone, the spirit remains forever. Their voices speak to those who know how to listen. Have a great week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show, next Sunday morning, right here on 100.7 WHUD.